And welcome to the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels, special guest co-host. Yeah, co-host. Co-host. Sort of. Co-host. I like it. Dirk. I love it. No last name needed. And featuring special guest, the band Enox. Hey guys, what's happening? What's going on, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. So we don't usually have this many people on one podcast at once, so could I get you all to each introduce yourselves, starting with Michael, then Roy and Mikey, so everybody kind of knows who's who that's just listening. Hey, 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 my name is Michael. I do vocals for Enox. I do all the screamy and singy things. Hey guys, I'm Roy. I play bass in Enox. You can kind of tell from the <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I'm Mikey. I play guitar. So we're going to just dive straight into the questions I got for you. And I'm going to start out with the hardest one of the entire night. The fuck does Enox mean? It doesn't. <laughs> that is hard. I mean, hard that stuff. is half half <laughs> truth. Um, we used to be called Enochian um, back when we formed in 2015, and we had a pretty good run. But at the creation of this album that we have in our hands, and that's the singles that you're hearing off of from, we kind of figured, hey, this is kind of a new sound. We want to. You know, if we're going to go with this, we should start with a clean slate. So we wanted to rebrand. And we thought of we thought of a hundred different names. And we kind of figured, hey, why not stick with what we have and go by the shorthand, Enox, instead of Enochian. E-N-O-X. Sounds cool. Looks cool. Feels cool. Yeah, we had Enox. Right. Like, it was our group chat name. It was the Enox group chat for like two years when we were still Enochian. And then everybody had trouble remembering the name Enochian or pronouncing it. It was, just, it was very confusing. <laughs> that was big problem. Enochian. So we just... Enochian, uh, bro. <laughs> and then when, when you look up Enochian, it's a bunch of uh, like black magic occult stuff, which is cool. But there's already a ton of that stuff on the internet. So when you look up Enox, it's us. It's literally... So before this, I actually did... I Googled because I was trying to figure it out, see if it was biblical, see what was going on. Um, and like the first thing that came up other than you guys was urban dictionary where someone said that it means God King, the greatest possible. So I'm assuming that one of you guys did that. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> not at all. I, I, I hope it's one of our fans, but honestly, it's probably just a coincidence. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Like the only thing I Googled it to try to find meaning in it. And the only thing that I could find is that it counts for seven points on Scrabble. Ooh. No way. That's pretty good for four letters. We, Yeah, we count for seven points. Holy shit. 
That's pretty sick. Dude, that's like more than one point per person. I'm going to start playing that shit now. <laughs> We're on Scrabble. That's nuts. Yo, catch Enox now on Scrabble. <laughs> it's going to be our Scrabble. Scrabble. Tomorrow. <laughs> so you guys cool. have been a band since 2015, you said? What did it look For like the most part. six years ago versus what it looks like today? Yeah, Mike, you can take this one. You were, yeah. you were there. I don't even remember six years ago. <laughs> put it like that. I don't even remember what I ate today. <laughs> Seriously. But, um, man, I started off drumming. I started off as the drummer of the band. And the intention was to always find a vocalist. Um, vocalist for Aimless Crown that I wrote with Ernesto, our other guitarist. Um, we had, we were supposed to have a vocalist kind of like do the whole EP, like hired gun, you know what I mean? Ended up not working out. I ended up doing the vocals as a placeholder. Went to record Evolution EP. Same thing. I ended up recording vocals as a placeholder, but we kind of decided, yo, you already did vocals for the last EP. You're doing vocals for this one. Your voice doesn't even sound that bad at all. You know what I mean? So why not just do vocals? And it's like, all right, I guess. And then Roy came into my job and the rest is history. Yeah, that was actually crazy. Um, I had just moved to Jersey a few like within the last year. I was uh, working as a merch guy for the band Candlebox and just traveling around with them. And when I come home, I didn't know anyone around town. So I just went to the music store and I met Mike and he was playing some animals as leaders as I was about to leave. So I went and I talked to him. He's was like telling me that he's into this kind of music, too. And he had a band and they didn't have enough members and they had an EP they'd done and he, they were just about to give up. They, he said that they were just going to release it and, and then just quit because they couldn't find people. And I, uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be good, but he showed it to me and I was really into it. And I said, nope, we're, I'm joining this band. <laughs> Roy was the saving grace. Just yeah. a lot of like things For... along the way, but it, it, was, it was definitely a good coincidence at that point that, that happened. And uh, we just we released that EP. We found Mikey um, and kept going. And now we have uh, we found our drummer. I guess uh, we solidified him into our lineup was a year ago now. And uh, now we have the full lineup that we're super stoked about. Nice. And speaking of uh, the drummer, you actually have two members that didn't show up. Now is the perfect time to talk trash (laughs) about them if you would like. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Here we go. What, so what can I say, you know? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> plenty of dumbbells. That's an insider. Well, yeah. Ernesto and John are two members. Ernesto plays guitar. He is one of the original members along with myself that founded Enochian in 2015. And John, we added to the lineup actually as a fill-in in like 2018. Um, wow, that's actually a lot more. Wow, yeah, it's time than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did do that tour in Nokian, but um, oh, wow. we originally tried to get John to play guitar before we found Mikey, but John couldn't do it at the time, and then later he came in on drums. So we just have a bunch of crazy people in this band who can do multiple things. That's a that's a crazy thing. People that can play multiple instruments. 
I had some buddies yeah. that uh, they were homeschoolers, so they can pick up whatever, but not one of them can sing, and they all hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I wish I could sing. Yeah, you're screaming in there, though. You know what? Yeah, no. I feel I feel like everybody. I feel like everybody can sing, though. It's just rewiring your brain to like understand frequencies on a level that you can manipulate them properly. You know what I mean? Like you can literally train your brain to sing. It's yeah, just, any, that's that requires a lot of practice. Yeah, I was gonna say on a bigger picture, it just takes a lot of time and directed time to practice correctly. Mm -hmm. So what I'm and you hearing, can do that with anything, not just singing. What I'm hearing is that you're offering free vocal coaching for me and Dirk. <laughs> hey, hey, hey my 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 services are at a cost, so we can talk after. <laughs> <laughs> But let me know. I got you with the hookup prices. So how many songs do you think that you guys have uh, ready to release at this moment? <laughs> hmm. it's, uh, definitely. A, okay, so we we just finished recording a batch of songs that are almost finished mixing. But assuming that that gets done very soon, it's I'd say at least over 10 songs to pick from like we have an album and an ep but we're uh we're trying to figure out the best order to release them and the best way to do it because uh it's great to release projects but it's also great to release singles especially when you're smaller so you can grow more and i'm gonna ask you guys each i want you each to answer this uh next one out of the songs you've already released what is your personal favorite and which one do you wish you could throw in the garbage <laughs> under uh just enox right yeah right. yeah just yeah. enox man i think the one that we'll all probably throw in the garbage which is not honestly a reflection of how good of a song it is is sequence just because yeah. it didn't perform as well but i think it's a sick song still it's really hard for me to pick a favorite um man I would probably have to pick Fade as a favorite, to be honest. They just all, I like them all for different reasons. I mean, you definitely know mine. Mine's definitely Blame Shift. Blame Shift is just, you know, it's just pure energy. Everybody loves it. You know, that's the only song I think that we've ever written, just like jamming in our practice space at the time. So it's just, it's very natural. It's simple. It's groovy and like, I'm a new metal kid and it's just new metal as shit. It's angry. It's, it's awesome. You know, yeah, it was very different than what we were doing at the time. And I, I really uh, enjoy it. It's definitely the hometown favorite song too. Yeah. Uh, it's a fact. And I guess uh, I'd say fade probably just, it's got a little bit of everything we do, but also stacker in terms of just really disgusting riffs that are fun to play. And Roy, there's a lot to love. I can't choose. I actually have a question for you already based off of uh, what you said. For Stacker, did they just tell you fuck shit up? Like, break a base? <laughs> like, what did they say? Like, the oh, fuck Mike, how did that one that? happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, a uh, Man, that's, um... That, that that's an Ernesto question. Yeah, so I guess Ernesto, <laughs> he's not even here. <laughs> Ernesto just writes crazy shit. Um, 
he's got a really amazing ear for making uh, intricate rhythms feel natural, but also be really disgustingly heavy. So that was like, Sacker was a song that we had for a while. I think it was a song yeah. before I joined the band, right? We, I think we might have that, that song might have been written originally, originally around like 2017. Well, yeah, because I joined and like, and I remember you guys like you showing me that or something, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's a uh, that's kind of the story of a lot of a good amount of our releases. Some of them been written for a hot minute, and now it's finally getting to see the light of day. Who who's the the lyricist uh, for Stacker? More so Ricky for that one. <laughs> um, our producer Ricky was so okay tracking with him. I think it was we had a three day we had a three day vocal session, and we recorded in the studio. And we kind we didn't really have time limits, but we wanted to make the most out of those three days. So we had like a twelve hour like a twelve hour day, an eight hour day, and then like a seventeen hour day for the last day, and. After 13 hours of tracking on the last day, we still had to do stacker. Rather than coming back another day or paying for another day, we were like, yo, let's just let's steamroll through it. And I'm just we're just gonna throw out themes and lyrics and words and stick to a common theme of like what we want to discuss. So the idea of like what stacker stands for, which is like in humanity kind of like really making itself known um just kind of sticking with that theme and fucking it up and just saying the most dirty shit right right <laughs> <laughs> the most... i was looking at the line and so it says i see your sense of security there's purity in the butcher's meat it's that sexual <laughs> yeah 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 that's the beauty of it yeah that was i remember yeah when we came up with that one i was like this tickles me. I like it. That that song all around was just a pain in the ass to track. Like even you know guitars tuning that low. I remember tracking that and Ricky and for Blame Shift too. Same thing. Um, had to literally hold the tuner because it's just so low and like I pick hard and it's so hard to keep that in tune. It was just very intricate and painful, painful process doing that one. But I think it turned out great. So we think it turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's good. I mean, I, I had not really got to listen to your music before, you know, you kind of came came up on the lineup for this podcast. And so I kind of listened to it as prep. And I I mean I think you guys are phenomenal. And, and as far as you know, Michael, you're singing and stuff, you were talking about you didn't consider yourself a singer, but I mean you do really good. I mean, you do a really good job, man. I want to turn this into a brag fest, but I mean you do really good. The screaming is really good. I mean, it's impressive when you've got somebody who's doing you know, really good, um, just like straight singing that you've got that that deep screaming going on too. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you. A lot you, of thank people you. think it's like two vocalists. Right. Yeah. That's kind of that's like one of the reasons why I had to like mention like scream and sing. There's so many times like, yo, you got who's singing in the band? It's just like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh damn, people don't know it's me. That's when when do you breathe? The... When do you breathe during the song? I mean, you you find you find your little snippets of time of when to breathe in and like actually take deep breaths or not deep breaths. 
and also practicing. You could like, I can go a while without having to breathe while singing, screaming. Michael yeah. practices so much. Um, like he did this when he played drums. He used to he would incorporate at least like an hour of practice into his day, and he does the same thing with vocals. It's just very dedicated to his craft. Just had to brag on you for a second. <laughs> so who are you guys' musical inspirations? Like who do you the fans listen to you? Who do you listen to? Well, for starters, I a lot of my inspiration for metalcore more so now than ever is Northlane. Always has been. Back from like twenty 12 like when i first listened to discoveries i was like shitting my pants i was like this is insane dude holy shit and just completely changed the way i looked at metal like straight up yeah the band that changed the way that i saw music was periphery and then i was into gent for a while and i play in a rock band also so i sort of stopped listening to metal as much as I was touring throughout the years. And then North Lane came out with Rot, and I was like, all right, it's back. And then I met uh, Enox pretty shortly after that. Um, and then I guess I'm also really influenced by non-metal things. Like, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. That's what I grew up on before I knew what guitars were, being from Georgia and whatnot. This made me think of when I was a kid listening to Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm talking but, about uh... that. My my influence, like I said, I'm a big uh, new metal kid. So you know, Slipknot, Corn, Deftones, Cold Chamber, that stuff. But then, uh, you know, I got into Gent, like Monuments, um, old Periphery, old Volumes, Tony Danza, Tap Dance Extravaganza is huge for me. So stuff like that, just eight string, crazy, stupid shit. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you what, Nickelback, Coldplay, Nickelback sick. Nickelback sick. are some of my biggest influences as well yeah i i gotta say before periphery <laughs> for me it was system of a down before that it was uh in sync and backstreet boys so we really <laughs> come from all over the spectrum but good old classic fucking in sync and backstreet boys bro classic dude it's bop you know what i mean it's classic. Wait, are you are you guys gonna do a cover is that gonna be a thing that you guys do i think we should oh my god don't Please. don't do not Dirk, don't tempt us with a good time. <laughs> yeah, the problem is we'll always we'll get these ideas to covers, and then we look into our back catalog of what we have lined up to release already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just don't even know where we could fit it in. But it's always, you know, always a possibility to do something crazy. But hey, just just remember, if you do do a Backstreet Boys NSYNC cover or something like that, backup dancers. <laughs> hell yeah dude oh my god yeah what that would be perfect steven you're our first we're hitting you up first and foremost don't worry yeah we'll send got, out a film crew out to you ready, we'll send a film crew to you man i was going to drive out they send them to me dirk it's all right <laughs> speaking of which uh you know collaboration type deals uh, my usual co-host always asks one specific question, and he is not here, but, well, he asked two specific questions. The first one is, y'all got a song we can play cowbell on? Just live. 
I just want to hit a cowbell one time right before a breakdown or some shit. How open are you to playing the cello? <laughs> I'm very open. Please. Stop I've been it. trying to get cello on our songs for years and somehow <laughs> hasn't made it in there. That probably would be sick. I love cello. If you want to play the cello, you can hit the cowbell too. But <laughs> cello. Um, what song you would I don't do care. the cowbell on? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, think of I mean, I'm down like, for anything. Oh, man, it would have been really good at the Daddy Yankee breakdown if we kept that in one of our new ones. But I guess we, we changed that part. Yeah, we're not going to give it away. We're just going to leave it at Daddy Yankee breakdown. Is that sexual? Um, it can be if you want. Yeah. <laughs> it was Yankee. at first before we fucked it up. <laughs> Reminds me of an over the pants hand shandy. I don't know why. <laughs> but back to the questions from Chandler. Uh I he would beat me if I did not ask you all the most important one to him. What's your favorite color? Blue. I'm tempted to say green, but also I have to go with pink for like my being on brand with my like bass and shit. Which is the sickest bass I've ever seen, by the way. Thank you. I'm a big fan of it. This this black count. This is the most color I've worn in years. Yeah. Like I literally thought you would all say the color black, but I guess that like, just black means... is definitely my favorite color. But other than that, I would go blue, and sometimes red is dope. Sometimes red's pretty sick. But where did you where did you find a slipknot hoodie that's not black? Dude, exactly. I if you ever need a slipknot hoodie, I got you. <laughs> so many slipknot hoodies. Like this one, I was shit in my pants when I saw this because it was blue. I think it was like um is it the twentieth anniversary of a self titled album? I think they cool. did a little merch run. Um but yeah, it was my first one that wasn't black and I was like, I'm getting that. It's sick. <laughs> I just got a white one too. It's coming in the mail. So, <laughs> yeah, he knows Slipknot hoodies. I got them all. <laughs> Great, eh? So, back to your music. Um, lyrically, is it like a collaboration? Is there one person in charge? Uh, what goes on with that? Uh, I'll tell you what, I wish it was a collaboration. <laughs> 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 I mean, a lot of vocalists might say otherwise, but man, I just, it's, it's all me. Yeah. We let Mike do most of the heavy lifting and then we'll come in with like minor little be like, Hey, can we change it? You know, we don't know how that change. That is like a hard time. (laughs) I kid you not. That must've happened only twice in the existence of this band. (laughs) (laughs) Just two things on songs that never made the cut. Well, see, we'll, we'll ask him to change minor things. We just won't give him direction, we're like, or just give him something very vague. And he's just like, yeah, because we'll be right, like, "Yo, right. it sounded better if you didn't do that." Like, so what should I do? Right, like when we're <laughs> in the yeah, movies. I yeah, yeah, that is that is the most contribution anyone gives for vocals. <laughs> well, and I wish they would do more. Hey, um, I I did suggest some lines on these last songs. Yeah, but that is true. That is true. But before that, yeah. that's different. That's <laughs> our, different. One of our new songs, I didn't like help write the lyrics, but what I wanted it to be about, 
you know what I mean? I kind of just gave Mike a direction to go and let him. Oh, take. my God. Yeah. I was so happy about that because I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I actually have something to write about. Yeah. Rather than me trying to, like, find something, like, give me inspiration. I feed off of inspiration. Yeah, I, feel like, like... I feed off of, like, stories to give me inspiration, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, or feelings. Yeah, I feel like a couple years ago when we were when you were or when we were all writing the album songs and I was going through really rough time in my life, I was, Mike was taking a lot of inspiration from that. But he just kind of sees what's going on and makes really great songs that connect to people. And it's a, it's a gift. So we just, uh, you know, we figure why get too many cooks in the kitchen. So <laughs> yeah, back to work, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm Hispanic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh we do have some Spanish in upcoming in a song it's that's all we can say about it but we're really pushing some boundaries that's super cool and we're it's, we're really excited about it honestly it's a it's a really fun song it is so carrying off of the lyrical question uh this is a follow-up to that uh directed at michael um who hurt you? Man. <laughs> Bro. Was her name Sharon? I. No. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be worse. I think I would be worse off if her name was Sharon. I would have but... understood. <laughs> but, and I'll tell you what. Um, I've had plenty of real life experiences um, in my life. Um, I've, well, I've been homeless. I've been homeless. I was homeless for about a year. That kind of sucked, you know, like living in the dead middle winter. Right. To put it in the middle of summer. It wasn't necessarily right. just homeless. He had a choice to stay living at his place where he was or to pursue the band and to uh, do the recording session and have the money we needed to for his you know, like we were all on super tight budgets and that was a sacrifice Mike chose to make for the band. And it was, uh, it's, you don't see that often. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I that's that, like, man. yeah, like that whole s scenario was something I brought upon myself. I knew that my actions led to, you know, me living in a van for a solid part of a year. Yeah, but the but, were, you know, but, on Enoch's, but, you know, there's always the challenges did. and the struggle of just trying to make it out on your own. You know what I mean? And if the challenge can be proving tough to do, you know, you sometimes get in the headspace that you don't want to be in. And yeah. thoughts arise and, you know, just things you just end up thinking and that's I don't know. That's how I get inspiration. I take any feelings and express them in the form of music, and I get to say what I want to say and express myself how I want to express myself. You know, I really uh, I respect the homeless thing because last year, um, you know, I was homeless for the bigger portion of it till my good buddy Dirk took me in. And, uh, but you bet your ass, I was running this podcast once a week out of a rundown pottery shop. And dude, respect to that. Cause we also had a rehearsal studio at the same time. And 
I mean, we can't sleep inside the rehearsal studio. That was like against the yeah. rule. And I wasn't it? about. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I mean, sleeping there for two months when I was home. Roy, Roy <laughs> did. Roy came up here, slept there for a couple months, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to break the rules. I didn't want to Joe Pearl. Yeah. I, I mean, we're out of there now. <laughs> just said the name. Literally said the name. <laughs> said don't bring up criminal activity <laughs> like, before we started this. Oh, my God. But, like, I didn't want to break any rules. So it's just like I would go to the rehearsal space, practice for three hours, go in the van, park at a Walmart, sleep, wake up, go to work for eight hours, go back to rehearsal studio, rehearse, back to van, back to Walmart, sleep, repeat. And that was my life for a better part of the year for sure as well. It's it was cool that we lived up, but a bit. like Mike was staying with me for a while and had a lot of good times. Yeah, oh my god, holy a lot shit! Of laughs. Yeah, it was, it's way too many. <laughs> but I mean, that's Stephen the same way. Like I was able to like practice my craft and do what I need to do while you know, and that keeps you going through it. Fucking van, yeah. And I just pushed through, and we still did band things. We still made shit happen. We still got together. We still did work. Um, it didn't slow me down. Matter of fact, gave me more, gave me even further motivation to go for it. Exactly. So I've, I'm, I'm right there with you, bro. I feel that. <laughs> well, and, and so one of the things you guys have brought up a lot is, um, you know, working and doing a band, and those are both you know huge time commitments. How do you, how do you make that work? What, what goes into that? What goes into those boundaries and, and getting the day to day done? I think we all just uh, try to all always do what's best for the band. We like to refer to it as for the greater good. And um, the band comes first. Like we have obligations that we've all like we all want to be successful. We all want the same thing. So we have to all come up with our recording budget or our video budget or our advertising budget, whatever it is. We make it happen. And, you know, like we can accommodate people if they're like, you know, poor for the moment but we always uh everything comes around to like even out equally we all just uh we all prioritize it and uh i guess me personally i'm 29 years old i'm older than everyone else in the band and i've always made sure to uh try to keep my life flex like it's easier now that the pandemic has hit so there's no touring but i've always made sure to have the sort of income and to like try to save money just so i can take time off if I need to do band stuff or lose a job if I need to, if a tour comes up or whatever the next opportunity is. So it's just, it's about uh, prioritizing. Right. You mentioned, you mentioned the pandemic. So, I mean, obviously you guys are touring a bunch. The pandemic came in and you know, that's not happened as much. How has that affected you guys or what's the differences? Uh, awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. We were really worried at first because we had this big plan to rebrand and come out with blame shift. We, you know, did the video, everything. Um, and, uh, we were just, uh, we were like, well, now there's no more touring and, uh, this kind of sucks, but we decided to just push through it. And we realized maybe people weren't releasing stuff cause they were worried. So we just decided we were just going to be consistent and try to put out as much stuff as we could throughout the year and just try to grow. And I think it, uh, I think it ended up helping us in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I think with everyone being home and really nothing else to do, like, and angry, not not a lot of people are releasing music. You know, you're constantly searching, you're on the internet, you're on YouTube, whatever. You find your music, you listen to it. So, like, there was no reason for people 
not to see it and not to watch it because what else are you doing? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I think it worked out great. Like, it sucks. Um, But at the same time, I think it's all made us better at what we do. You know, we all have a lot more time to sit home and practice and do whatever. So, it sucks. But at the end of the day, you you know, you got to find the light in it. So. Yeah, Michael and I dove deep in learning uh, advertising strategies and how to work Spotify, which uh, was great that we were um, unemployed and on unemployment. So it really gave us all the time to just sit there and learn. And uh, we tried to put it all into practice and it, I think it uh, paid off. So you mentioned touring. Who, Who's your favorite band that you've toured with in the past? The Northern. <laughs> the Northern. <laughs> that has to be it because they're, they're like some of our best friends from Canada. We met them through the internet and they loved our music and we loved their music. And then we met them in person and we all fell in love. And yeah. uh, it's just, we went on a co headlining tour with them uh, in the Northeast in Canada. And it's amazing we all survived and uh, it was the best time of our life. Yeah, they also happen to be the only band that we've toured with so far. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like, we've we've done weekend runs with people, but it's the only one that's really been, like, you know, two weeks every day seeing the same group of dudes out of another van. There's been a lot of tours that were set up and not followed through. Who would you like to tour with? Oh, that's a fucking hard question. Yeah, Monument Austra- Australian Polaris. Australia. Um, um I just... on a on a more reasonable level though, I guess bands that you know are I think are aren't moonshots at the moment. Uh are Left to Suffer is a friend of mine band who are really killing it right now. Um actually... they're a little heavier, I guess, overall than we are, but uh we're all friends with them, so that'd be a lot of fun. We actually have Taylor Barber working on a metal cover of our outro song at the moment. Nice, dude. Taylor is uh, one of my, I mean, he lives like 40 minutes away. But it's one of my closest neighbors in terms of like music friends. Um, I hang out. Well, I guess he and I both are working now, but when we're not, we try to hang out like every week or two if we can. Good guy. Very, very nice no, guy just, for how angry man. he is. <laughs> right we just get all out in his songs but um yeah no he's a uh, he's such a sweetheart <laughs> what about you michael who would you like to tour with i would like to tour with australia aka <laughs> any of the australian bands um, I think their accents are really fucking cool. Yes. And <laughs> and I feel like touring with a group of dudes that talk like that would just make my life. Oh my god. Also, they all have some, they all happen to be some of the most talented bands in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so we hadn't mentioned this much until this point in the time uh show, but we I don't know why we interview bands on here. I guess I just really love music, but we're mainly a nerd based podcast. We talk about magic D and D like we're a bunch of nerds. Who is there a resident nerd in the band? It's probably me. Um, when I was 18, to 21, my only form of income was grinding magic online while I toured with my rock band. So 
I am a recovering magic player. Recovering <laughs> um, magic I, player. <laughs> I do all the other nerd stuff too. I mean, I would, I could still throw down, but that's problem. It's like, it's a problem. I, I, I need to do other things with my life. Like I would go to like tournaments, like actually, you know, the star city game circuit. Yeah. Uh, for tournaments. Hold on. There's a top eight pin from one of those. Nice. I, I'm way, I went way too hard on magic. And I think it's like, if I had spent that time in my life doing something productive, who knows where I'd be right now? Probably. Like what if I went stocks then? What if I was like buying bitcoins instead of playing magic? I have I a buddy know. that uh, he owns a whole bunch of Doge coin now, and he was like, "Dude, you got to get into Doge. You got to get into uh, cryptocurrency. That's the next thing." And I was like, "Can I just keep collecting Magic cards?" Honestly, I think Magic cards are. I mean, Magic cards probably have better returns in the stock market. When um, I had nothing, and I needed I mean, to move from Georgia. Up to Kentucky, I went and I sold magic cards, and that got me up here. Yeah, I bought these all for ten cents each, and I think they're five cents or five dollars each now. Um, like that's I'm, I don't play magic, and I just have these sitting around. I'm, I had a problem. Like, <laughs> 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 it was bad. We're just showing off our magic those collections are, now. Those are all we own in Arbiters. It's like hundred and something of just the same card just because it's like stocks mine's like, bigger than yours it, it is <laughs> I, I i had to get rid of most of my stuff but some of it i wish i kept like i had a bunch of legacy cards that would be crazy now but at the time it was crazy then i had like like 500 return on my cards i couldn't turn it down when i was poor with no job like got in played a bunch of magic online uh then um, the Pro Tour hit and uh, through the breach went from 15 cents to $15 and everything in modern exploded like a hundred times. So I sold my whole collection and I've done that a few times. And after a few times of that, I was like, I got to do other things in my life. I got a buddy. He actually does the same thing, but his collection is a literal store. He opens a store then runs it for two years, sells the whole thing. Then like six years will pass. And he's like, I got to open me another magic store. It doesn't leave you, man. Like I was playing magic arena earlier, like last year. And I, I had to put it down. I was like, I'm not, I can't earn money out of this. And like, now it's just, it's the worst part of magic is taking my time. You see the memes that say, if you don't want your kids to do drugs, get them hooked on magic. And it's mm -hmm. true. I'm sad to say Dude, it's, it's so bad. Like magic, uh, music gear, photography, videography gear, which I also am into. It's just like, I was destined to be poor. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to really fix that. <laughs> but okay. Uh, Michael and Mikey, what, what? So we talked a little bit about magic. What are you guys into? What kind of nerd stuff are you guys into? I um, I'm a gamer. Well, I used to be a professional gamer back when I actually took the time to play video games. When I started drumming, that kind of went out the picture. So, like at the age of 15, 16, I mean, I was making a good amount of money playing Super Smash Brothers. Like. Who's I your man? Had Snake. Nice. Yeah. I had a top Halo too, right? Yeah. I traveled around playing Halo a bit as well. 
on like some MLG um, tournaments and events. Like it's that's that was like my thing, and that's what I know. Other than that, I mean, music kind of took over my entire life <laughs> <laughs> and product and like audio production as well. So that's like some of the stuff I can really nerd out on. Super Smash Brothers, Halo, audio production, vocals, <laughs> and drums. I think I'm realizing we're all obsessive people. I was going to say, like, it seems like you're all very driven. Like, like, it, it, Mikey's not answered yet, but, like, he's, you're, talking he's about, com- you're, talking about comp- you're talking about competitive magic, and then Michael's talking about going to these tournaments and stuff like that. I think you guys are, yeah, it sounds like you're just really, uh, you know, motivated, like, whatever you're doing, whatever. We really we really dive into the things that we like, which I mean, I personally, for me, like you could see that, I guess, in my school history, which is dropped out of college. (laughs) I got, I was like an honor student, but I didn't apply myself because I wasn't interested in it. And I to think anything that I really like, which was music, I would spend hours and hours doing music or magic. Just dive into that and kind of ignore the rest for better or worse. For me, I think my problem is I don't give a shit about a lot of stuff. Pretty much music for me and Gears of War. I'm a, you know, gamer like Mike. I was never like, you know, doing tournaments and shit, but, you know, I would do like game battles. I was in a clan. I used to make montages and shit. Um, but other than that, really music, like I know a lot about like wood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sort of, like. But you tell us guitar. tell us more about wood then, please. <laughs> wood. 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 You want to see it? <laughs> 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 no, but you, you know what I mean. Just like like guitar, woods, and shit like that. Like that interests me, and a lot of you know, like even like how Roy was saying with school. Like I went to school for music, and I still failed because I was like, I don't give a shit about doing schoolwork. Like I want to just do it myself. Like I'll take classes. Um, I took like a, a music business and marketing class and like not to toot my own horn, but I knew more than all the kids that were in there because I was out there doing it. You know what I mean? Like the kids are taking classes for two years, don't know shit. And, and I've been, you know, playing shows, torn, whatever I'm doing. And I know more than you. So I was like, fuck it. So here I am, <laughs> you know, just working and, uh, been playing a lot of Warzone lately, Call of Duty. So Hell yeah, add me, bro. Oh yeah? You wanna, I ain't got you nobody to play Warzone with. Do a little drop test? Alright, I'll add you after this. <laughs> but, back to the music. Um, You guys just, what, a week ago dropped Fade? I think uh, six days ago. Yeah, it's almost a week. And that song is noticeably different than the others. Yeah, just wait. Does this mark a uh, does this mark a turn for you guys? I think everything else we've put out has we've kind of I guess initially we had this one release plan before we came up with another batch of songs, but we were trying to um, show off like the variety of what we could do at first, so that when later we show people songs, they're like, okay, this fits within this range of the Enoch sound. So that it's not like we established five songs in a row that sound like, um, let's say, uh, Fade, and then we drop a stacker and people are shocked or we drop like a blame shift and they're like, why are you new metal now? Um, but I, I, 
I think things like fade is sort of the direction that we were all starting to grow towards. Um, but the other stuff is still very much part of the Enox sound that we know and love too. Yeah. You know, we all, we all love that. I think like, honestly, I feel like we're known for like blame shift and stacker. So when we put out other stuff, people are just kind of like, whoa, but that's the best part about it. You know what I mean? Cause it shows that we're diverse, but like he was saying, that's kind of the, the direction that we're going, but we all have like our heavy side, like our brutal side. So get that shit out, which I think is cool. There's really no rules or boundaries. I think that was sort of the thing that when we were uh, trying to build this band and find the right members, a, we were very selective with our members because that's very important. we didn't want to make any hasty moves, find the right people. And, um, we, uh, Oh, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Oh my god, that's terrible. Um, should have stayed in school. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost it. Ignore me. Holy crap. Huh. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I well, guess then. with that, hmm? Eric, what is, what is your child? All right, Roy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, have you guys got anything else you'd like to say? Any uh, important dates? Any specifically any way your fans can support you during these times where you're not selling concert tickets? I think Please. the number one thing to help support us at the moment would be stream our songs on Spotify, give them a little heart, add them to your playlists, and tell your friends to do that. And, uh, you know, anywhere else, the support is great, too. But uh, we we want to play the Spotify game because that gives us the most chance to reach new people. If other people show that they're interested, um, eventually we'll come out with some merch. But for right now, we're just we just want to get the awareness up and get our uh, community to grow. Gotcha. Anything else? You guys good? This has been a good episode. Love having you guys on. Thanks for coming. Um, Stay saucy, you ho bags. And here is Fade (laughs) by Enox. I know you're going to lay.